0: How much do you know your customer well let me ask you it a different way how much do you understand your customer we'll get into that on today's episode of the buyer's
1: mind welcome to the buyer's mind where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism To reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore.
0: Well, hello, everybody, once again, and welcome to The Buyer's Mind. This is Jeff Shore, your host of this podcast, where we love to be able to dive in and see the way that our customers think, joined as always by our show producer, Mr. Paul Murphy. Murph, how goes today? It's
1: going great. Uh, Couldn't ask for a better day in Colorado.
0: And it's uh, equally gorgeous here in California. So we got uh, that going on. Uh, Murph, today we're going to be talking to uh, Dean and Dwyer Owens, and we're going to be diving into this idea of um, how we understand, amongst many things that we'll talk about with uh, Dean and Dwyer Owens. But we'll talk about that idea of uh, of truly understanding. And uh, I'm just left with the idea that so often we we listen for the intent of getting what we want out of the conversation But oftentimes short of um, really deeply understanding what that person is trying to communicate. Does does that
1: make sense? This is just just my early thoughts here. I'm sorry. Were you saying something? I was thinking about what I was going to tell you, because that's what. I.
0: Oh, nicely done. Well played, Murph. Well played. (laughs) But it is. Do you ever find yourself in that position where
1: somebody is talking and your mind is just like on another planet? Well, and it's a danger, right? Because we think, uh, you know, I've got this great point I want to make. I got this thought I was going to put out there. And uh, it all of a sudden, you're like, I wasn't even listening to this person, what they had to say. It's terrible.
0: I think some people are better at it than others. Uh, I know for me, it's something that I, I constantly uh, have to work at. And and oftentimes, I just look at it and go, well, what are you going to do? I have a short attention span. What are you going to do? I. But the fact of the matter is, is if 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 I looked at somebody who I, you know, if I, I grew up listening to uh, Billy Joel music, for example, well, if I had lunch with Billy Joel and he was telling stories about his musical background and how he, you know, how, how he grew his his business and his brand, I'd probably be listening to every word. And after I was done, I would probably be uh, walk away with a very strong understanding. Um, so, it, and the point is, and again, this is a, uh, one of those things where I have to talk to myself on this is if it's important enough, I will pay attention. If it's important enough, I will pay attention. And so when we think about sales then and the world of sales uh, and sales practitioners, I think it really begs the question, how important is it for you to listen deeply, to listen intensely? And I I just want to go into that as we listen to Dina Dwyer Owens, and she's going to talk about a number of different poor values uh, that make her company neighborly so effective. But I want you to listen to those values. And 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 as you do that, listen to Dina's heart, listen to the way that, that she describes those things, listen to her passion. So often we fall into that trap of listening just to hear what we really need to hear, but then we never fully understand the perspective of our customers. So let's hear now from Dina Dwyer Owens. Hey, it's a great thrill to have Dina Dwyer Owens on the show here. She is an entrepreneur, author, philanthropist, keynote speaker. She's the co-chair of Neighborly, which is just an amazing organization we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, The brand ambassador for countless companies, uh, made truly famous on the show Undercover Boss, if you are, if she sounds familiar to you. Uh, extremely active in so many different areas, including helping veterans to own franchises. I'm getting tired just reading her bio, so I'm going to switch over here. Joining us from Waco, Texas, Dina Dwyer Owens. Dina, how are you today?
2: Hey, Jeff. I am fantastic and delighted to be with you. you
0: you've got uh, quite the resume there. Um, are, are you just one of those people who just do- doesn't have a pause button. Is is that uh, <laughs> is, is that true?
2: Well, you know, I, I I guess I don't have a pause button, but I have gone from being co-chairman of the company now to a grandmother. So I, I'm fully a brand ambassador for the brands, former CEO and chairwoman. Uh, but I, I really am very excited now about pausing a little bit to hold a two and a half week old grandbaby every day that I can get get a hold of her.
0: Good for you. And and is that your first there? It is. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell in your voice. Uh, we at the time of this recording, I am actually overdue. Uh, I am not, but my daughter is uh, for our <laughs> third grandchild. So yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're standing by the phone. If if, if I suddenly just go away, uh, you'll know what happened. I got a text from my uh, from my daughter. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to have you on the the show just because uh, you have so many interesting takes that are out there. Um, but you've uh, you, you you've got this whole a neighborly thing going but then you've got uh, books that you write along the 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 same line it there is a common connection though that by the time we uh, we we look at it all and it has to do with your your customer focus your sense of customer focus and because you work with so many different companies through neighborly it's got to be a challenge for you on the sense that you have a lot of different customers buying a lot of different products that you are all sort of connected to but I assume there are overriding principles that you follow when it comes to how you look at your customer and how you take care of your customer.
2: You bet, Jeff. It's uh, our values that are the glue <laughs> that keep it mm-hmm. all together. So when I when I think about Neighborly, a community of home service experts, it's the values. I mean, these deep roots of our values that have created this opportunity for us in the first place. So if you want to think about sales and what's driven the growth of of Neighborly, it all starts with these core values that we have that we strive to live by each day.
0: And are these the values you you reference in your book, uh, live rich?
2: Yes. And rich is the acronym for our four core areas of values, respect, integrity, customer focus. And one of my favorites is having fun in the process, but mm-hmm. we've taken that a step further, Jeff. Um, we've, we've said, okay, so what do we mean by respect? And so we've got specific, you might call them accountability statements. We still call them values. Um, that identify what we mean by respect. For example, listening with the intent to understand what's being said, and mm-hmm. acknowledging that what is said is important to the speaker. That's a, uh, one of our value statements under the word respect.
0: You know, it's interesting. On that note, um, I've quoted this from Stephen Covey many times, where he suggests that most people do not listen with the intent to understand; they listen with the intent to respond. And I think that's particularly true of people who are trying to sell something. And I know I've been in that situation where just waiting for somebody to shut up and take a breath so I could say something brilliant. But then my agenda is clearly not on deeply uh, understanding. Is that something that is hard for you? Easy for you? Is it something you have to work on to get to the point where I'm focused? Listen, you're a smart person. You've got a huge track record. You know how to solve problems. Um, Is it difficult for you to slow down long enough to really seek to understand?
2: It's one I always have to work on to be totally frank with you. But mm-hmm. over the years, I've gotten better and better at it because you've got to be intentional about it. It, it matters um, in any relationship. And we're building relationships when we're in sales. So one of the other things I encourage our franchisees and associates to do is, uh, as it relates to this particular value of listening is listen with both your ears and your eyes, you know, only a certain point, 7% of communication is verbal, is what we've learned over the years. And so much of communication is body language. So you've got to not only listen to what's being said, but pay attention um, to people's physiology and what they're saying with their body. I love it. And, and
0: it's uh, so critical to really listening between the lines. The lines aren't always in the words. There's always some meaning that goes deeper than that. You talk about respect. You're the, the, that's the R in rich, uh, the I integrity. That's one where, you know, I, I always struggle a little bit simply from the perspective that it's one thing to say we have integrity, but You don't really get to make that call by what you say. It really has to do with what you do. So it's not just uh, it's noble to be able to say integrity is one of our core values. But the only question that matters is how do you back that up?
2: Yeah, I think the first two values that fall below integrity for us are, are critical. One is making only agreements we're willing, able and intend to keep. That builds trust. So talk about Stephen M. R. Covey. You know, when you're you're talking about building trust, you've got to live up to the agreements you've made. But then we have a follow-up value, Jeff, that says communicating any potentially broken agreement at the first appropriate opportunity to all the parties that are concerned. Because Mm -hmm. what happens today, things are moving so fast for all of us. Sometimes we make an agreement that we had every intention on keeping and something happens uh, Mm -hmm. where we can't keep it so you've got to be able to let the other party or parties know as soon as possible that you can't keep that commitment and and take the next step and tell them why if you can share with them why you can't keep it that just again builds that level of trust
0: i love where this conversation is going because it it puts meat on the bones it's not platitudes it's it's that is something that you can look at uh, it, to me if you're going to have a true value you have to be able to look at it after the fact and say what happened and how do we line that up with their core values and where do we violate our own message along those lines. And that's one where, Hey, we made an agreement that we could not keep in the first place, or we violated our agreement and we didn't uh, jump back in. Uh, it, it makes for a good after action to to be able to look in the mirror. Uh, the C enriches customer focus. Again, this is one where you're going to get a lot of people who say, Oh yeah, we're customer focused, And my thought always is show me, don't tell me.
2: Yeah, and you know, it starts with us. I know there's um, a lot of us that are in sales that aren't really managing a team, but some of us are managing teams. And I think it starts with continuously striving to maximize um, internal customer loyalty as well as external customer loyalty. So when I think about um, sales and our team members is they've got to know that I think of them as a customer first, and I'm going to do my best to treat them with absolute dignity and respect. Give them the tools and the resources they need to do a great job so that they can go out and create a wonderful experience for the end user customer. Um, so it's critical that we think about that both internally and externally. And then we measure our performance. You said it earlier, we can talk all day long about being good at these things, but if we don't have the courage to measure our performance and really mm-hmm. ask, how are we doing? Are we really living up to these? Then we really don't know. We're kidding ourselves.
0: And then finally, there's the H in rich, uh, having fun in the process. Um, uh, again, how do you, what, what does that look like for you? And that's one where you bring somebody into the organization who's new to the team, and perhaps fun was not a core value in a place they had worked before. Do you sort of see the look in their eyes to look at it and, and, and to see the confusion? It's like, wait a minute, I I just laughed. Is that okay? Am I am I gonna get written up right here? <laughs>
2: It, it that's a good point because how many organizations actually talk about having fun as a, a kind of a requirement and one yeah. of the things i do for i do for fun i get the privilege of getting in front of every new franchisee and every new associate that comes through our waco campus and i teach a course called designer life um, which fulfills our company's mission statement of teaching our principles of Personal and business success, so that all people we touch live happier, more successful lives. So, that session is not about their job. That session is not about the franchise they just acquired. That session is all about what is it that you want to achieve in your life? What do you want to be remembered for? And are you doing the things that you need to be doing now so that you end up there? And it's all two and a half hours really of helping them get clarity about what they want to achieve in their life and how is this career or this franchise going to be the vehicle to help them get there. That is fun for people it's uncomfortable because it forces them to think big about their futures. And a lot of people aren't used to doing that. So that's just, you know, one of the things we do here for fun.
0: Uh, neighborly is an amazing organization. Um, but it's, it's not the easiest just to, for, for an outsider looking at and say, well, let me tell you what neighborly does because neighborly does so many different things. How do you, what's the cocktail party answer to what is neighborly?
2: Yeah, well, we're a, a values-guided world leader of franchise businesses that focus on repairing, maintaining, enhancing homes and properties. So it's it's really all about making your home or your property more comfortable for you. I mean, you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time there, maybe not as much as you'd like, but we you want it to be comfortable. So Neighborly is this community of home service experts. We have twenty-two service brands today. We are the world's largest franchisor of home service businesses. And it's really all about making the the customer more comfortable in their homes and properties. But if you're looking for our services, getneighborly.com is where you would go. And it's so easy to sign up. Literally, if I can do it in 30 seconds, people can probably do it in 20 seconds and it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can you can plug in your zip code, um, join it, and it'll help connect you with all the trusted professionals uh, that are part of the neighborly community um, in your neighborhood. And the ratings are real-time. So they're coming from your neighbors, not from somebody across the pond. Um, right. They're real-time ratings from your neighbors. We, we can track all your service history. Um, and we also have an opportunity for you to tell us what you want to be reminded about. You know, maybe uh, you don't do a good job at changing your air conditioning filters and you want us to just ping you uh, every quarter and remind you to change those AC filters. One of the things that I talk about
0: with groups and individuals, frankly, on a regular basis is the idea that your standards are not what you desire. Your standards are what you accept. So as we're looking through the you know, the, the values, the principles, what makes you good at what it is that, that uh, you do... Uh, This all sort of falls under the idea of what are your standards. Um, Of course, we're all human, but how have you been able to hold to your standards in such a large organization with so many different uh, franchisors out there? And yet your job there is to try and maintain the very, very high standards that the company is known for.
2: Yeah. First i I'll give a disclaimer, we are not a perfect company. We don't live up to our standards every single day, but mm-hmm. um, we do strive to. So we strive to reach this high bar that we've set for ourselves. And one of the, one of the things that we did, you know, uh, being a franchise organization, Jeff, we take what's most important in our businesses and we create systems around that so that those systems can be replicated. So other people can achieve the same success. And so many companies and so many individuals don't even have clarity about their values. So that's the first step. You've got to get clarity about your values. And once you do, what is the system for keeping those values front and center every day in your lives? And -hmm. what we've done is simple. Anytime we have a meeting of three or more of our associates or our franchisees, it's like taking a deep breath and we'll review our values. Sometimes all 15 of our values. Sometimes it'll just be one value in particular that maybe we're not doing so good at. Maybe we've surveyed our franchisees recently and learned that we're not responding as timely as they think we should. And it's having conversations around that and then putting action steps in place. So so the biggest kind of secret um, to keeping your values front and center that I could give your audience is create a system around keeping the values front and center every day. And maybe again, it's a meeting of three or more everybody has to stop and, and just review the values briefly. It takes a couple of minutes. It, that
0: is uh, just so powerful because it, it really doesn't take that long, but it does take consistent familiarity. And I think that's one of the huge problems, mistakes that organizations make. They, they, they hire a consultant to come in and help them clarify their values only for the purpose of putting it on a plaque or a poster up on the wall that nobody ever reads. And if you're not willing to just keep it verbalized, uh, it just sort of falls by the wayside. But it sounds like this is just not the way that you roll. You want to make sure it's something you're talking about on a regular basis.
2: We do. And again, you've got to measure your performance. So it's uh, something that we do through surveys to our franchisees, as well as to our associates. Um, and we may not ask about all 15 of our values and how we're living up to them. Maybe we'll focus on four that we know we're not doing as well with and say, how are we right. doing? And then yeah. remeasure yourself the next survey and say, how have we improved? And don't be afraid to have the conversations. This is not easy stuff. Yeah, I think it was... Right. Uh, Patrick Lencioni, who once said that, uh, you know, really um, sticking to your values can inflict pain uh, mm-hmm. on an individual and organization because it holds you accountable. And some of us don't want to be held accountable to that level.
0: How do you teach sales to your uh, franchisees? I mean, this is, they have to sell, right? In a lot of cases, there are people that are technically strong, but when they look at sales, they kind of look at it and go, oh, I don't want to have to sell myself. I don't want to sell my services. I don't they They just want to do what they're already good at. so how do you how do you teach sales?
2: Constantly. <laughs> so we're constantly having to teach sales. and in in my mind, what I just saw when you asked that question was we had some of our leading franchisees of Mr. Reuter uh, in Waco last week for three days teaching sales. so it's it's a constant thing that we all have to work on and and get better at. And you're right, when you're working with service professionals who may be great at fixing appliances, um, we have to help them become problem solvers for the customer and it's Mm -hmm. the mindset of you're not here to sell them something you're here to help them fix their problems
0: tell us about your experience on uh,
2: undercover boss (laughs) well i wasn't very good at the job so i needed a lot of training Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah in fact i'll never forget after the episode i had a, a reporter call me to say so you know, I, I, I'm guessing you had to kind of dumb down and, and act like you didn't know how to do the work, Dean. Is that right? I said, absolutely not. I did not know <laughs> how to do the work. Where I had to dumb yeah. down was when they started talking to me about our values because I was mm-hmm. so familiar and I'm, I'm so committed to our values that that's where I had to pretend like I didn't know anything. But mm-hmm. it was a wonder, wonderful experience. A couple of just quick, quick highlights. Number one Please. is the feedback we got from the viewers uh, was consistent that it's so refreshing to see a company that's working hard to incorporate their values into the everyday work that they mm-hmm. do, because right. it's sorely lacking in our world today. And the thing that that I really got out of it is the huge responsibility we have um, as sales leaders. I mean, anybody out there that's in sales is a leader, and the responsibility we have to do what's right um, by the customer. It's it's just a, it's a huge responsibility. We've got thirty seven hundred franchisees representing neighborly across Mm -hmm. the globe. Now Mm -hmm. we've got a huge responsibility, um, to make sure that we are holding ourselves accountable to, to doing this right by the customer.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. Love it. Was it overall, was it a fun experience? The undercover boss thing? Was it it fun?
2: It was a lot of fun, but it was way more work than I thought it was going to be. And the, Mm -hmm. the work part of it wasn't spending time with the, uh, what they call the contributors. I love people. The mm-hmm. work part of it was standing around and waiting for the airplane to go by so you could actually do the the filming <laughs> you needed to do. I, I wasn't accustomed to standing around and waiting for much of anything. And right. that was that was the hardest part for me. But I boy, do I have a respect for the, uh, the film crews and the logistics teams that get out there and have to do this every day. It's a lot of work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the work that you're doing in helping veterans to own their own franchises. That's just... Uh, it's so exciting to hear, and it must be just com- just a complete thrill for you to literally change somebody's life after they're trying to adjust uh, into this new, uh, really fr- scary and frightening world.
2: Yeah, the VetFran program is so rewarding. And my father, who had founded our company, actually founded the VetFran program after the Gulf War. He was on the board of the International Franchise Association and said, you know, what are we doing to thank the men and women of our military? for protecting the free enterprise system and our freedoms. And he he launched that program back then. There was no real internet, so everything was managed through Waco. And then we, we relaunched it in 2001 um, after 9-11. Actually, it was 2002 by the time it really launched. And really um, 600 franchisors. So it's not just our brands. We, you know, This is f- for veterans to get the benefit of any or who wants to give back to them. But 600 plus franchisors uh, are creating the, basically the greatest deal for qualified veterans who want to become part of their organizations. And I, I know that we're close to 7,000 veterans who have now gotten into their own franchise business as a result of the program. And it's extremely rewarding because now they can live the American dream that they've, they've worked to protect.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. That's just gotta be uh, something that's an absolute thrill for you to just hear the stories and to see the successes that take place. That's, that's awesome. And then uh, because you have nothing but free time on your hands, it sounds like <laughs> you do some keynote speaking out there. And for those of you who are looking for a keynote speaker for your next event, you can go to dinodwyerowens.com We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, did you enjoy it? You enjoy being up on the stage?
2: Thank you, Jeff. What what I enjoy most is if if I can get somebody to understand how important clarity of values is for themselves and then that commitment to live the values. So this applies to organizations for mm-hmm. profit, not for profit, but it applies to every one of us individually. And if they go to that dina.dwyerowens.com, I have a free uh, create your culture workbook so they can download the free create your culture workbook. Again, whether they're an individual or whether they're leading a team, um, this will apply to them either way or, or a m- single mother at home raising a family. Mm-hmm. My, my passion is, is to help people understand that values create value and, That's in so many ways. It's not just the, you know, the financial results of if you lead with values, how it builds trust with your customers and you get all these amazing referrals and your business builds. Um, But it's really about the value of relationships. You build Mm -hmm. so many amazing relationships and people trust that you're truly the person you say you are. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Hey, uh, before we let you go, it's just such great
0: stuff. But before we let you go, uh, we're going to put you on the hot seat here. Some rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. You ready? Ready. There we go. Your very first job was what?
2: At a car wash. (laughs) Uh, Seriously. Was it? (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) An album from your youth that you listened to over and over (laughs) and over over again.
2: Elvis Presley, Viva Las Vegas. Love it. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Uh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
0: The most beautiful place you've ever stood.
2: Boy, I've been so blessed to go to so many beautiful places. Mm. Oh, gosh, I would say probably the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Mm. It's
0: so gorgeous. It really, really is. Um, A book that you read early in life that had a profound impact on the way you think
2: zig ziglar C at the top love it
0: oh there you go (laughs) you and i kindred spirits there i still have a copy that a high school counselor gave me it is to this day the most highlighted book in my uh, library and uh, yeah it changed my life uh, for sure Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times but you can't help it when it comes on you have to watch it
2: oh gosh this is silly but home alone (laughs) i love that
0: That's great. That's great. And finally, uh, your first celebrity crush.
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, The Partridge family. (laughs) You don't even know the Partridge family, probably. Yeah. yeah, uh, David Cassidy. uh, David
0: Cassidy. Yeah. Okay. well, I have to tell you, I would have said Susan Day, uh, Lori Partridge. So there you go. We're (gasps) we're of kindred mind right there. That's awesome. That's great. All right. You're off the hot seat. Uh, so, so great. If you want to learn more uh, about how you might utilize the services, go to getneighborly.com. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, if you want to follow uh, Dina, you could do it at Dina Dwyer Owens and download her free uh, workbook. Uh, it's just such an inspirational story. Um, someday I want to be you. That's really, really cool stuff. Love it. Love it. Thanks for being on The Buyer's Mind.
2: Well, you're kind, Jeff. And if I could just mention that we're also looking for great franchises. We have a lot of white space, as we call it, to fill in with great people who want to own and operate their own businesses. So going to DwyerOwens.com is the same place. They could just press the button on for franchise information. We'd love to help them learn more about the opportunities we have for themselves or for maybe somebody else in their lives.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You know, Murph, I, I knew I was going to enjoy that uh, interview because uh, Dina Dwyer Owens is so, uh, 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 she was so accomplished in so many different areas, but she just seems like a really grounded person, doesn't she?
1: Well, and you'd think somebody who's who's got, what, 3,700 franchisees, 22 different uh, companies underneath Neighborly that... They do $2 billion in sales. It's ridiculous. And yet she is so comfortable to talk to. Very, very sweet mm-hmm. lady. And, and brilliant. I mean,
0: she's just super, super smart, uh, especially to be able to do so many things simultaneously. Uh, I, I just I loved the idea of um, integrity. I, I challenged her on that on purpose during the interview because so many people talk about integrity but they say, hey, everybody, have integrity, okay? Uh, but she gave it a really, really cool definition, the idea of making agreements only that you intend to keep, that you're able to keep, that you're willing to keep. And uh, if you're not able uh, and and willing and intending to keep them, then don't make the agreement. And then Part B, if you come up short of that, then you you gotta own up to it. You gotta fess up and step in. So there was something there to be able to, uh, as I mentioned in the interview, go back after the fact and looking to say, where did we drop the ball? What went wrong right there? But the idea of making agreements only that you intend to keep, that alone would probably change the perspective of a lot of people in regards to how they define integrity. Did that uh, did that get you thinking, Murph? Was that different than what you were expecting as far as a definition of integrity? I'm not surprised
1: by the definition, but let me ask you this, because this is the thought that popped into my head. We talk about value and integrity and, and certain words like that, that we have also defined on this program as not uh, seller words, but buyer words. It's what the buyer right. thinks of us, isn't it? Yeah, I
0: think that that's absolutely right. Integrity is one of those things that you can strive to and you can build in systems around you to make sure that there is there are those check marks as clearly uh, uh a neighborly has uh, done as Dina just reported, but it is one of those things where perception is reality. So if somebody looks at you and says, I do not believe this person has integrity, well, there's a reason that they believe that you don't have integrity because they feel that you violated your agreement, that you made an agreement that you did not keep, or even worse, that you had no intention of uh, keeping. So that's uh, a a real issue that is, and I think you're right, Marv, it is one of those words that other people own, and yet we have a responsibility to do all we can to protect that and to make sure that we are not giving pause for somebody to come along and challenge that i also love what she talked about under the uh, idea of, of of customer focus and the idea that seeking to understand is a skill set right i i could look at it and say i really want to deeply understand my customer so i'm gonna try darn it but there's there is that And Dina fessed up to this and and I do too, that this is something that requires work, that I have to really deeply focus on, that I have to, for me, when I'm on the phone, I have to eliminate distractions around me. I cannot have a file open in front of me. I can't have something on my computer. Anything will catch my attention and draw me away. And I need to stay laser focused on that conversation. But that's a skill. Surely the mindset has to be there first, but that's a skill. But now if I take it one step deeper and I listen beyond the words, I listen between the lines. I listen not just to what this person is trying to say, but what this person wants me to understand. Now, I see this in sales presentations all the time where salespeople will be listening with the intent of responding, listening with the intent of saying the next things, listening for only what they want to hear. And then you know what happens? You have this problem that I call unconnected dots. The dots don't connect. Your customer said something that doesn't quite make sense. It needs a clarification. And it's almost as if the customer is begging you and testing you. Are you going to answer, ask the question uh, that I need you to ask me in order to get the full picture? I don't believe that uh, customers are going to come along and drop everything on our laps perfectly connected. So we have to be curious enough to be able to dig deep, and understand on that deep level, we cannot listen to just the shallow bits of conversation and believe that we really get our customer. Not only do we have to understand, but our customer wants to be understood. They crave that desire of, of, of being understood. So, I want to just challenge you right now, if you're a frontline sales professional, you're listening to this podcast, one of the greatest skills that you can have is the skill set called curiosity. And the curiosity, more than anything else, is the curiosity to deeply understand. Not to listen with the intent of responding, but listening with the intent of understanding. And when you do that, that sales path begins to roll right out in front of you. You'll be of so much greater value to your customer. You will serve their needs so much better when you truly understand who they are. That's how you, yes, get a sale. But ultimately, that's how you change your customer's world. Just want to remind you once again, if you're enjoying the podcast, man, I'll tell you what, tell other people about it. Just post the link. Uh, Go to jeffshore.com slash podcast. Just copy that link and place it onto your Facebook page, onto your Instagram page, onto your Twitter feed. Just give us the endorsement. It helps us to grow the podcast, which is getting bigger and bigger every month, by the way. Uh, But it's happening because of you. So if you're enjoying the podcast, let other people know. We sure appreciate it. Until next time, we will hear you soon on The Buyer's Mind.